Welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view. Brought to you by the Nerd Initiative Network. Here's your hosts, Tony and Michael. What's up to all the fans, geeks, and nerds out there? Welcome back to Fandoms U for another exciting lesson. Class is about to begin, so if you don't mind taking a seat, we'll begin today's history lesson on the Comic Convention. The history of the comic convention is closely tied to the development and growth of the comic book industry and their fans. These conventions, or Comic-Cons for short, is a place where fans of comic books, science fiction, fantasy, and other related media can gather to celebrate their interests, meet the creators, engage in discussions at panels and workshops, and last but certainly not least, participate in some awesome cosplay. The history of the modern con can be traced all the way back to the 1930s, Science fiction as a genre was booming in interest, and there were these small conventions being held across the country. Now, these conventions were drastically different from what we know today as just a handful of writers and hardcore enthusiasts would occasionally gather to discuss their work with their peers. That's it. No fans, no celebrities, no merchandise, no pomp and circumstance. Just some really talented science fiction writers workshopping ideas and appreciating each other's work. Now, the conventions we know today would start to take shape in 1939 at the New York World's Fair, World of Tomorrow. It's here that the very first Worldcon would take place, with a guest of honor being science fiction artist Frank R. Paul. And he would be joined by some very notable creators such as John W. Campbell and Isaac Asimov and Ray Bradbury, just to name a few. Fans could come and share their passions about science fiction, as well as see their favorite authors and artists talk about their experiences and their work. Not to mention we had an appearance by some of the very first cosplay. Worldcon and other science fiction conventions would continue to grow and evolve, as did the genre that they celebrated. As science fiction gained more popularity, it began to branch off into different mediums, like film, radio, TV, and comic books. And in the 60s, the Academy of Comic Book Fans and Collectors would form in an attempt to publicly recognize this new industry and celebrate creators with the Alley Awards. And in subsequent years, the founders would hold Alley Tallies, where members of the ACBFC would count ballots and share their admiration for the art form. Little groups like this were starting to pop up all around the country, and in 1964, a group of comic book enthusiasts decided to organize the very first New York City Comic Con with over 100 people in attendance. Okay, very small compared to modern conventions, obviously, but this was the start of a phenomenon. It was here that some very important groundwork was laid for the future of comic book conventions. Up until this point, there wasn't an easy way for collectors to find issues they had missed to complete collections. So distributors would take this chance to sell their older back issues. Also, Lone Ranger artist Tom Gill would have a chalk talk on how to draw for comic books. This would become the foundation for generations of Q&As and discussion panels. Word spread and comic conventions were becoming popular, and all the way across the country in California, another group of comic book enthusiasts decided to found the San Diego Golden State Comic Minicon. This convention would initially focus on just comics and science fiction, but while meeting with Jack Kirby in an attempt to convince him to attend, Kirby advised them not to limit themselves and include various other fandoms. That advice alone probably changed the future of comic book conventions, as SDCC and other cons have thrived on the inclusion of various forms of pop culture, such as movies, TV, and anime. 
Jumping into the 80s, we see the emergence of comic conventions around other parts of the U.S. They weren't only a space for fans to gather anymore, but a place for creators, artists, authors, and publishers to market themselves, to reach out and connect with that audience. And as technology began to advance at an exponential level, the 1990s brought video games to the table, and we saw the emergence of conventions such as E3. But most importantly though, in the 90s and 2000s, we would see the rise of comic book adaptations in mainstream media. This fueled a new, massive interest in comic book conventions, and the rest, as they say, is history. From then on, the convention community was set on a new path to the mainstream popularity we see today. So to summarize, throughout their history, comic conventions have evolved from small gatherings of fans and creators to large-scale multimedia events that attract attendees from all over the world. But what's most important is that they provide a platform for fans to express their passion, connect with like-minded individuals, and interact with the creators and artists that have shaped the worlds and characters they love. And that's all the time we have for today. I hope you take a little bit of information away from this and hopefully a little bit of entertainment as well. If you will, please remember to pack extra Sharpies, protective sleeves, snacks, and hand sanitizer for your next con. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show and please have a wonderfully conventional And that's the show now because he's covered everything. I had to pull this comment up because Erica, I didn't even know my wife knew what a Webby was. It's great. Sorry. She's going to kill me later on for that, but yes, dead on. Like seriously, this, this needs these, this series needs to be submitted for some kind of award. Um, It is so well done and so good. And Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, for those who don't know, we have a chat while these videos are playing and I, I feel like I'm, revealing all the secrets here but i literally mentioned to tony i was like just call me mickey's teaching assistant well i was about to do that too but it's i'm sitting there we we did we we're trying to be as as uniform and as as functional as possible for this show and one of the things that we did was we kind of ran through an idea what we want to talk about and i'm sitting there watching mickey's video and i'm like well that was what michael said and that's what michael said and that's what michael said and well that's the show goodbye good night everybody (laughs) Well, I think we can. No, I. Yeah, I'm not. No, I mean, we have more to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Tony's going to take it back. Tony's a fan of, um, you know, the olden, olden days. Um, But I loved what he said. And I'm more of a, you know, we're going to go through kind of chronologically. Tony's going to take it back beyond before the 1900s. But I love that, you know, I'm I'm kind of a 1960s on kind of guy. And I'll handle that and talk about that. And I, I hope you guys all take something from it, which is really interesting and then we'll go into different things about conventions but um yeah he just really like has a, a way of educating people in a short amount of time so again mickey just a fantastic and inf- informative video um just outdoes himself every single week <laughs> that we're on but yeah so mickey went ahead and was talking about like how far things went back with with cosplay and everything else. And science fiction was always a big deal when it came to that. But if you actually go a little bit farther back and we'll just go and touch on this, cause it's really quick. You can actually find cosplay as early on as 1889. 
Um, there was a, a story paper called the Golden Hour Story Paper, which had multiple stories. It was it was geared for toward young readers. And back in March 30th of 1889, I believe it was. Yes, March 30th, 1889. They actually so had the first Golden Hours Club where there was about 2,000 people in attendance and they were all dressing up as their favorite characters from the Golden Hour stories. So if you want to think how far it goes back, there, there is, and, and, and I think we were even talking about this beforehand, um, and because Eric has mentioned this in the past, like even with Sherlock Holmes, yeah, like yeah. there there is a following for that, and and re really, if it wasn't the comic convention that really made cosplay normalized, it was going to be something at some point because you you think about Halloween and how people love the dresses their characters, and then you find a place where you can have like minded people. It was only it was only it was inevitable it was going to happen. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's what Mickey kind of, and that's what he said. Mickey delved in. He's like, I was very general. You guys can be specific. I think when he talked about the 1930s, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, in that picture that was in um, his video where the guys, I love the, the errors and the history of it, right? And so they're all in the suits and the, you know, they got the, the Boston hats and like stuff like that. Like, I think that was probably, you know, in one in London and then two in the States, like it started to mm -hmm. delve into universities and whatnot. And, and so, yeah, the, the Sherlock Holmes clubs where people were, you know, not only reading and discussing and eventually, like you said, cosplaying and acting out, you know, their favorite at that time. Sherlock Holmes was the biggest superhero probably in the world. Right. Like like mm -hmm. almost like a Batman before there was a Batman. But, you know, not as not as imposing. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the history behind this stuff. I think it's fascinating. So. Um, so wait, so you talked about, obviously, the Golden Hours Club. And then if you go to the 30s and then you go, obviously, like I said, I'm a, kind of like a 1960s guys, right? So he, mm -hmm. he gently touched upon, um, it's so hard to, the, the, the wording, it's, it's crazy. So he touched a little bit apart the Alley Awards, right? And it was for the, let me, what's the name again? This is an easy one to forget because it's so long. The Academy of Comic Book Fans and Collectors. Now, they it literally, it was, it was as, as, Specific as you can imagine, these were awards that, you know, teenagers got together and would talk about their favorite, whether it was, you know, Superman or Batman. And this is right around the time Fantastic Four was about to come out and things like that. And mm -hmm. it was this man, uh, Dr. Jerry Bales, who started the fanzine that a lot of people know as Alter Ego. Famously enough, he would pass the torch of running this to a, a young kid who was an unknown young kid, uh, an enthusiast named Roy Thomas, um, who would eventually become the man who would succeed Stan Lee as the editor-in-chief of Marvel when he eventually moved on to publisher. Um, so it was really those guys, Jerry Bales, Roy Thomas, and other fans that were you know, reading these fanzines and, in the 60s that started those Alley Awards, which again, and this was also in Mickey's video, I'm not going to lie and say that this is original, but that that led to this first real comic book convention, right? So there was other dabblings in there. And I love this. I mean, this is when Steve Ditko is still happy with Spider-Man, still happy with Marvel. He went mm -hmm. there, there's photos of Ditko. He wasn't like a shut-in at the time. And he was meeting with fans and loving it. And he drew, can you imagine? He drew this art for the convention. Like, how does that even happen? How cool is that if you're a kid? If like Steve, especially Ditko for a reclusive man like Steve Ditko, like 
he wasn't one to want to be out in, in front of things, but he loved what he did. Yeah. And so that was really cool. I mean, that's really kind of where it all started. And then Mickey touched on this as well, you know, and I, and then we'll open up for discussion and stuff, but um, skip to the seventies really. And then, you know, Shell Dorf, uh, you probably don't know who he is. Um, if you do, congratulations. That's amazing um, because he's a very important man beyond important because he started a little convention that was known as, you know, San Diego's West Coast Comic Con, which eventually became the biggest convention in the world. It's San Diego Comic Con, you know, over 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. It's huge. So that was 1970. And and then it, the floodgates just opened in the 70s. There were just it just got bigger and bigger, uh, expanded overseas to London and different countries. And it just became a bigger phenomenon. Um, I feel like I want to, should we break this up before I, I feel like I'm just talking, talking, talking about history, but um, no, no, this is, the, you have to understand this is all great. And honestly, one of the things that kind of popped in my mind when we were talking about this is like, you have, you have the, the, the alley awards, you have, you know, these, these, these conventions that are starting to have fans connecting with the creators. And I was thinking about this, you know, when you, you even go back to like the early days of Marvel, when Stan Lee was doing the letters to the editor and he was talking to the Mary Marvelites, mm. the, the Marvelites club, you know, the Marvel club, um, those things, whether they knew it or not at the time, those things would then foster the desire for fans to connect with mm. the with the artists and the creators. Stan always took a lot of credit for a lot of things that happened within Marvel. But one of the things you can say, better or for worse, is when he would would parade the the creators with like their their records or whatever it was. Yes, he made them a, a, a household name. To where when these these creators would then go to these places, people wanted to know wanted to mm -hmm. know them and want to meet them. I think I mean that's a really good point. Like, look, I think some people love Stanley. Some people, you know, there's there's all kinds of realms where people think, you know, he obviously got more credit than he deserved, um, even though he deserved a lot of credit. Let's be honest, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. we could do a whole episode just on Stanley. And I'm a I'm obviously a fan. I mean, the guy's an icon. He, he's oh, yeah. a, we all look up to him. I think there's some people that you know. That, that go the other way we're not going to get into that but i will say this like for better or worse the man was a marketing genius right mm -hmm. like he created he did create a lot of, of of heroes and i think out of necessity with you know again another show for another time how many times marvel almost fell to the wayside he always had to reinvent himself i feel like i'm calling him like madonna but he always had to reinvent himself and reinvent marvel and I remember listening to that record you mentioned. And I think that's when Ditko started to fracture. Um, oh, yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't kind it wasn't of. in the record. He didn't want to do it. And they made jokes like kind of look. These are comic book nerds. Essentially, Stanley was getting more popular, becoming like the face of Marvel. And they they definitely bullied him a little bit. You can tell like they like, oh, shy Steve Ditko uh, jumped out the window. He didn't want to do this. And like, mm -hmm. I think that's when he started be to become. And again, I'm not going to I don't know. I'm not analyzing this stuff, but I think that's when he started to become more of a shut in. I think, you know, when things happen to you, you start to kind of like retreat to your idiosyncrasies. And I think that's what happened. I think yeah. in 60 three or 64 when he was still doing it. I think, you know, he was very approachable too. You'll see a lot of letters online where, you know, rest in peace, uh, another icon uh, when Dicko was alive before, I think he passed in the mid, mid to late two thousands, but he would write back to all the fans and he was very blunt too, which is hilarious. Like 
there's letters out there where he's judging. It was definitely no. I think he died in the mid teens because he talks about the Marvel movies and he's like, I'm not interested. I have no like he's blunt like he's not. And these are fans that are writing to him. Looking yeah, because I think they wanted to get him out of wherever he was from with when they started doing the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, because they felt like like he needed to have something. And of course, Stan was there doing his cameos. And, you know, there was a little bit of bad blood. But at the same time, you know, again, he was still a household name and people still resonated yeah. with him and everything else. And and like you're saying, for better or for worse, he took a lot of credit. But I think that was what was successful for them. And then down the road, what made conventions so important. Yeah, you can he even became, see, yeah, he became a hero. Like he became yeah. like you know the people that looked up to. Um, okay, so finishing up again, my 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 TA skills. I'm not you know I'm, I'm learning from Mickey. I'm not fully. Uh, I don't have my PhD yet, uh, so I will learn from Professor uh, Professor Smith. Um, but we skip through. So we have San Diego in the '70s. Obviously, that ends up becoming the, the big one. We have a couple of of. I'm going to call them, you know, these independent cons that start popping up in the 80s and 90s. Heroes is one in 82 that um, people today still say that is the I have not had the pleasure of going, but is the absolute best straight comic convention. I have my own favorites. You know, I've been to Terrific Con a couple of years. That's another one. We're going to come back to those. I'm just mentioning these because in 89, there's two really pivotal moments in our past 30 years in 89 everything changes because batman the movie comes out and you had mentioned earlier we did have superman the movie but it was never part of the conventions batman was the first time that keaton was there doing autographs i think burton who's also kind of a, a quieter guy but he was also there and it became more commercialized like before this and I'm, I mean, we're, we're kind of heading back that way. I was in San Diego this year and, you know, obviously movies and TV were not talking about it because of the strike. But um, yeah, that was the first time that got in the mix and it became mm -hmm. more about these things aside from comics, aside from the niche products and more mainstream. And then if you fast forward to the late 90s, early 2000s, for better or worse, this is when things really change. Um, so Wizard World Chicago, which is now I think was is Fan Expo, Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm going to hold out the editorial judgment, but this is where wizard, which if you guys know from the nineties wizard magazine, and this is the same company um, was a juggernaut in the comic world. And in the late nineties, they started to buy up smaller conventions. And this was the first time that we really started to see the conglomerates that we know today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the read pops, the fan expo, um, I think San Diego also owns WonderCon. You have, there's a couple other big ones out there, but Wizard really in the late 90s and early 2000s was the first to really do that. And, and they, I think there is even like quotes from, um, from the, uh, the founder, I think it's John Barrett. Um, or maybe no, it's, uh, is it John Barrett? Yeah, it's John Barrett. Um, he, uh, he admits he was trying to take people's lunch. He's like, basically says like, we were, we wanted to be the biggest, you know, chain of conventions. And I think a lot of people say that 2000 mark, you know, the comic book market had crashed. So there was a lot of opportunity for wizard to come in there and buy these things up that were struggling and for better or worse, that kind of leads to where we are today, uh, which we can get into, you know, <laughs> yeah, there we go right there. Ken it on the head. 
I have my own opinions, you know, being these smaller ones, but that really is, is the last catalytic moment that I have. I mean, there's a lot of other little ones. I don't want to go too much in the weeds, but yeah, I think that 2000 is where we start to see it. And then obviously they got bought out, which is ironic by, you know, fan expo and you have Philly fan well, expo, you know, whatever. So there's that kind of leads so, us to where we are today. Yeah. So, so kind of touching on that because it, it's funny because um, one of the things I wanted to talk about in this, in the show was kind of like with people who want to get into the conventions and to do the convention circles, whether you you're an aspiring artist, you've written a book, you want to make your own comic book, or you're just, you have an in with somebody who makes great products and you want to be a vendor. One of the things that oftentimes is the biggest struggle for vendors, artists, and, and any, any individual who wants to profit out of a convention is sometimes these large conglomerate conventions. Mm. Um, specifically, there was a lot of complaints back when Wizard World existed um, because they put so much cost in the price of the tickets because they were paying to get these celebrities in. And mm. then when you went to go see the celebrities, the cost of the, I mean, let's face it, anywhere you go in most places, the cost to get a celebrity signature, um, a photo op, they're prohibitively expensive. Yeah. We're talking, yeah. There are some that are reasonable at maybe let's say 50 to a hundred dollars, but then you have individuals with the with larger celebrities that are going to be $250 or the only way you can hope to get in the, get to the front of the line within the first eight hours of, of, of standing there is if you have a VIP ticket, unfortunately everybody has a VIP ticket and then you're all stuck there. Yes. So yes. a lot of artists and a lot of vendors would oftentimes opt out of the bigger conventions. One of them being the wizard world conventions because they wouldn't make money because everyone was spending their money on the celebrities mm. and for the big spectacles that they wouldn't go and turn around and spend their money at the conventions. And so there have also been a, a large number of newer conventions that have come up. Um, we as nerd initiative usually have a presence the last two years at awesome con. Yeah. Awesome con is run by left left field media, which does, I believe they do like an anime expo. They do, um, they do uh, a convention in Florida. Um, and of course, AwesomeCon was a big thing, but AwesomeCon was originally a small convention run by a creator, uh, uh, Ben Penrod. And he was so focused on the artist alley and the exhibitors, he would make his rounds. And as soon as the bigger company took over, you saw mm. a little bit less of that. And there were points where people were like, you know what, I'm only going to go to C2E2 or I'm only going to do this. And now even if you... If you're going to see two, and I'm not saying because I will say of the large conventions that I have been to, yes, I would say C2E2 was was is is high tier when it comes to conventions. The 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 uh the, the location that they have um in Chicago is top notch, it's huge. Um, you can get lost in their McCormick main, Center, yeah. Yeah, the McCormick Center, you can get lost there. But then at the same time, when you go to the um, the celebrities, it's spread out and it's it's there's plenty of room. Yeah. Now, again, a lot of times it has to do with what location these conventions can get because C2E2 run by by Reed Pop, New York Comic Con run by Reed Pop, same company. But the Javits Center is not a good place. Yes. To do celebrity. And you have a lot to do with it. Yes, exactly. Um, plus, plus at the same time, like the cost of. Let's say the food, like you, when you go to a convention, you have wow. to prepare yourself. There's, there's making sure you have supplies to get through. There's for making sure you have food, it, you know, it, just like Mickey said, or in the, um, in the, the beginning of the video, make sure you have extra Sharpies, 
Make sure yeah. you have hand sanitizer. Like literally, carry a bag with peanut butter sandwiches in them. That's like that's a staple. Like I, I I don't know how many on the team actually ate peanut butter sandwiches um, at C two E two, but we went through a lot. And so knowing that you have things to get you going, because sometimes you've got to let that money spread. Yeah. But that's not to discourage because there's a lot of great things about conventions. It's just if you don't prepare properly, it can be a lackluster experience. I want to say one, I want to add something that's fantastic too. And I think to sum up what you said, I think I, me and my wife and some, and, 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 and you as well, and other members of nerd Initiative as well. Um, we've experienced the last, I want to say a year to 16 months going to conventions, trying things out, meeting friends, stuff like that. And I think mm -hmm. that's the best way. Oh, Hey Alan, that's the best way to, to go. Like I said, I mentioned, you know, let me pull this back up and then I want to go back to something Mickey said, um, you know, I mentioned terrific con. That's my favorite con. Um, and again, that's not, that's not to throw it down anyone's throat. Um, I have not gone to heroes con. I've heard it's a fantastic con. Um, and these are all, these are the, two of the only independent ones that, that, that are, that are left that are big. Now, terrific con, we have a great time because of the venue, because mm -hmm. of, you know, just like how it's run and how it's organized and the intimate aspect of it. Where's Mickey's comment that I want to put there. It is um, about the aspect of it. Um, and so I think you just try everything out, try what you want to do out. I've learned select for me and you know, it. I think you were kind of quoting my life there when you were saying some of the downsides of being in line, I, I, I have tried celebrity autographs in the past. It is a mess. It's a nightmare. Uh, even at awesome con, which we love the Karen Gillum one was, was, was a train wreck. Was but in all honesty, it doesn't even matter if you go to a convention because even those send in ones, like you can, you can attest. That's what I wanted to get into anything that's involved with a celebrity. And I'm going to be very honest with a lot of people, unless it's specific. Like I know Michael, you do a lot of like the, the comic book artists and stuff, mm -hmm. but maybe this is something that people don't know. Don't send something into a celebrity unless it's a guaranteed, like certified place. Because if you send something into a celebrity and they send you back an autograph, oftentimes it's an assistant authorized by the celebrity yeah. to write for them. So here's so, the so yeah, so that's the thing too. So that's what I wanted to get into. I said, you know, I lied earlier when I said the last milestone I had was 2000 around there when Wizard World started to buy up. I actually lied i want to say 2021 2022 is a new milestone and, and that's why i wanted to bring up mickey's comment it's it's very important he brings up Gal galaxy con raleigh um now i gotta choose my words carefully <laughs> because galaxy con i am i'm just not a fan um now i'm not even talking about the in-person galaxy con i'm talking about galaxy con is one of those services that does the virtual now it depends on what you like and what works for you. Um, and we can, again, this is a whole other show for a whole mm -hmm. other time, but you know, there's things you can do like CGC, uh, which again, long discussion. We're not going to get into it, but CGC is one there's SWOW, which I've always had a good experience with, which used to be just star Wars, but they do other autographs as well. Um, there's galaxy con virtual, which now, if you don't know what galaxy con, it's another global conglomerate that has like galaxy con Raleigh galaxy there. There's like a bunch of, they have a, they have a few of them. Um, and then there's twin cities comics, which is actually a facilitator. So they will, mm -hmm. they've been really good in my experience. Like they're very on it. I, I like working mm -hmm. with them. I'm a fan of them. Galaxy con 
I've been waiting and I'm not going to go too far into this, but again, it's about testing things out, seeing how they treat you. I'm going to speak up for this one because this is, this is my new kick is to be like, look, the customer needs to be prioritized and they're not in this in economy and in this era that we're at. Galaxy Con is one of the big culprits. I've ordered a handful of things from Galaxy Con. They've damaged products for me. They've messed up orders for me. And for me, the worst part about it, and this is all virtual, is I've never been to a Galaxy Con personally, mm-hmm. is they they treated me like crap when I, you know, would respond to it. You know, oh, like never an apology, never. No- Sometimes you get a customer service that's nice, but like I won't go into it too many details. But again, try out what you want to try out. But be wary. It's what Tony said. Be wary. There's, you know, people are short staffed. So that's Mm -hmm. a thing right there. A lot of people don't know customer service that well. So you really kind of kind of have to balance what you can do overall. And I don't want to go on a long tangent, but I I wanted to bring that up when I saw that comment from Mickey, um, not to editorialize or whatever, but I will say like, you know, there's in-person stuff. And then there's there's sending, which is a, a fairly new thing and test things out and see what works and what doesn't. Um, and that's all I can say. You know, there's a lot yeah. of companies out there. Like I said, sw- you'll find the ones that work for you, just like the conventions mm-hmm. that work for you, like TrificCon or HeroesCon for people that love it or even people that love NYCC then go. That's, their, you know, it, to each his own. We're not judging anyone. The sending ones are the same thing. So just try it out. See what you like. See what you don't, because you're going to have yeah. some that are go well and you're going to have some that you're going to be gobsmacked at how bad they go and how just uncaring they are. <laughs> like I, I'm not, it's all yeah. going to say. And yeah. But then, but then those smaller conventions, the one, like, like you, like again, like you go, you find something, especially with a new convention. It's always great. And a lot of times if you're at a convention, there's going to be the convention that's walking around handing out flyers and stuff. Don't overlook those, even though they seem smaller and they don't seem as official. You'd be surprised. Uh, one of the biggest surprises for me was uh, in Ro- in, in um, Roanoke, Virginia, uh, the Big Lick Comic Con. They do a um, they they go to the Bergen Center, Berglin Center, I think it is called, um, and they they started small. They started with one main area, and as they've grown every year, they they do like block parties and they have like. The hotel is reserved for them, which is kind of cool because if, yeah. if you go to like, this is a cool part, if you go to Big League Comic Con and you stay at the Marriott where they do all their stuff, not only are the convention goers staying at the hotel, that's where they put the celebrities at. That's so cool. so Sean Astin was having dinner in the at the lobby and you can kind of just walk up by and say hello. Um, I remember, um, was it, uh, Jason David Frank was, was there, we were, we were unloading, um, we were loading our car to go home and like him. And then there was another, um, celebrity from uh, a female celebrity from WWE. And, and, and so I just walked up and I said, I just walked up, shook their hands said, Hey, thanks for being here. And they were just extremely friendly, you know, yeah. and really kind. Yeah. And they were, just, they, they were just kind of like enjoying just being there and being around everybody. That's the way it should be. And like it's an open thing where they have an open pit. Like, like there was no place going to panels. It was an open floor stage and they, they, it didn't cost a lot of money um, to, to go and get an autograph. And, 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 and again, here's a recommendation. If you're going to convention and you want to get a photo with it, with an actor or with a celebrity, get a photo with them, like a selfie at the table. If um, you can. We've done, we've, yeah, if, if they, can. if they offer it, yeah. go for it. 
And you can even ask sometimes. They, they'll tell you no if they don't do it. But it's it's surprising. There have been there have been some moments where uh, I was at one convention and Brian T was literally just sitting down. Um, no, he wasn't busy. I I went over. I went and talked to him for a few minutes. And after it was all done, I got his autograph. He said, "Hey, want a picture?" I was like, "Sure." And forgive the beard; it's not there. Uh, but just having him like walk over to the other side of the table. And just take that moment to actually, you know, take a minute and just be thank, be glad that someone was talking to him. You know. Well, my one question to you about that experience is, are you the new Drift King now or not? No, no, not at all. I I wrecked my Mustang not too long after. For that. those who don't know, that's Brian T from to- uh, from Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. So I'm just that yeah. was that was where that joke came from. Um, and, and it's great. Uh, yeah. And, sorry, and if you're in a situation like this and they're by themselves. I can tell you right now, Jay August Richards, he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he played Deathlock, um, sat and talked to me and was gushing about his role, about what he was doing. Uh, met Ron Glass. Ron was a little bit more busy, but he was willing to take a moment to talk and, and discuss things. Um, and when Brian T., like, he told me about... Oh, look at that. Some of the stuff he was getting at. Yeah, Carrie Elwes, which which he's kind of creepy, but, like, in a fun way. But, but he's like... British. He's British. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> And so it, it's a lot of fun to meet them. And some of these, these individuals are fantastic. Now, again, with pandemic, you know, times, things are a little bit different. Um, but meeting the celebrities, sometimes just talking to them at the table is fantastic. And, I, and the one I was going to share, the one picture, because it also brings to interesting stories. I can't find the picture anymore. Um, I was a fan of Smallville and met Allison Mack before I knew about the whole nexium thing <laughs> and it was right after my kid was born he no asked jokes. Me, i'm not gonna make any jokes yeah she asked about my kid and everything else and she was just like hey and she's like come over here and she made me come over to her side of the table and she's like let's take a picture and i was sitting there and i remember going to work the next day saying hey look i got a picture with this person they go you know she has like a sex call i'm like oh yeah <laughs> didn't know didn't know I will take it back though to what, and I'm not trying to go past that, but I will take it back to what, and, 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 and Becky just commented what, what Ken mentioned. Right. Um, and what you said, and it, you know, if you go to terrific con, I have the same experiences, whether it's John Romita jr. Or, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm going to forget names, Erica, if you're out there, help me out. Uh, Josh Segura or Sean Gunn, you know, even, even, you know, I think, look, when you look back these things are expensive and you're mm-hmm. also spending your time. And again, this is why I brought up like my new kick and something that won't go away anytime soon is that the customer and the audience, there you go, is, should always come first. Um, and when you walk away, I'm going to get like angry and emotional. When you walk away with a feeling like that with the Josh Shigera, who we were talking about, he lives in the New York City area and we're talking about his role and he doesn't have a Funko. And we're like, dude, had his pug and had his Lance and all the shows. He's always that guy that's in a bunch of stuff. How do you have a Funko? And like, it's just a fun conversation. He was also getting stuff signed by, by you know, uh, Tom King. And like, I, like, he's a comic fan. He's wearing like an Ultimate Warrior mm-hmm. team. Like, those are the moments that are worthwhile and worth their weight in gold. Um, you know, my conversation Absolutely. with Zeb Wells at C2E2, no one say anything about Spider-Man, please. Um, but like, those are the moments you walk away and that's where the money you spend is worth it. Now, yeah. again, 
you you mentioned in the past, you know, like I think I could be a meme at this point of how long I've waited in line sometimes. Like that's the stuff where you walk away being like, what is it for? And I, I think yeah. that look to sum it all up, and then we should go into component that you know, do a quick thing of components of, of conventions, but you know, to sum it all up, like the reason I brought up 89 Batman is it really started to get commercialized, right? And then we had obviously if you go on the message boards that are like, you know, CGC and Celebrity Authentics and a lot of, uh, you know, all these things that, oh, cool. It's, I think the, 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 the Spider-Man series fans are starting to like it a little bit more, which is cool. Um, but if you go on these boards, they also credit, for better or worse, 2008 with being a critical point that maybe made conventions worse or better, depending on what you're into, right? You know, Marvel, Marvel Studios blowing up i don't think the batman movies were that much of an impact in the 2000s that you know are iconic and we love and and whatever but marvel studios really took it to the next level and the one line and you know one more thing and i'll shut up i will say is like it's been a slow crescendo or crescendo i don't know i'm saying it right building up and up and up and i can't imagine what it was like in the early days like a free autograph from jack kirby like Oh, kill me! That's that's a, that's a dream right there. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Stan, yeah. what's up? Well, let me sign. I hey, let me sign. Eight, you know, like whatever. Um, yeah. now, and I, 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 you know, look to each his own. You know, Michael Keaton autograph recently. There was a send in for that. They were five hundred dollars a pop at mm -hmm. the lowest level. That is because of the commercialization of all these things and yeah. the build up. You know, and I think there was even a line when, when they announced it was like it's heading to a thousand like to say that in in print is crazy and so my point is this like everything goes in cycles right um mm -hmm. and and things everything gets commercialized as they get big there's nothing you can do about it like you go from a back alley award with you know with roy thomas and and, no. and dr beals and and like just being like my favorite is is this episode you know whatever and you get to this huge hundred thousand people event it's gonna happen as well but find the pockets my advice to everyone out there find the pockets that make you happy and bring you that kind of joy that me and tony have been describing mm -hmm. you will not be sorry no matter what it is wrestling or or racing or comics or you know i love going to artist alley at the smaller conventions and having conversations whether it's al milgram or um randy eberlin who is one of the the creators of, of carnage like that's where you walk away with a thing and you're like when it all said and done, what's, what's, what's the value is the memory. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice to everybody. And if you're stuck in one of those lines and you're in that situation, maybe you can't get to the celebrity. Maybe it, it goes pretty quickly because they're just trying to get you guys through. It might feel like a meat market. Remember this. You're going to be standing in a line for sometimes maybe 30 minutes, an hour, a couple hours, two days. Yeah. Like Michael, Five but just hours, remember this, the people around you, are people that are like-minded and don't lose the opportunity to build friendships within that circle that you're around. I can tell you right now, some of the conversations that we've had, one of the things that, one of the things that we did when I, when I first did like artist alley and stuff was um, I wanted certain things signed by a certain artist. Like, so let's say big thing was, was guardians of the galaxy. I had a poster. I really wanted the signs. So Dave Batista was there, you know, Michael's favorite uh, actor. And, <laughs> And so I was, it wasn't so important for me to meet him as to get his autograph. And so Rebecca went and stood in line with my cousin 
and they went and did that. But in the midst of that, my wife started talking to them and then to, to people around around her and ended up having a couple come and then come meet me. And so they bought a bunch of my art and bought it for their baby, their baby's like nursery. Like the kids probably like seven or eight years old. No, they're probably they're, they're actually they're probably seven years old at least now. And we built a friendship and they came up with ideas and, and literally it's all about connecting. It's, it's not just about finding cool stuff. It's about making relationships. If you can make relationships with the actor actors or with the artists or anything like that, do it, but also be willing to walk up to that person who has that really awesome cosplay and say, Hey, I love this. How'd you do this? Cause people are wanting to talk about what they're doing, yeah. build friendships and don't forget to go through Artist Alley because there are there are there are artists. There was a there was an amazing couple at C2E2 that Michael and I got to interview. Uh, you can check out their video. Ryan Holtz. A husband, yes, a husband and wife duo who did some amazing Marvel art. In fact, I have a I have behind um, my one piece uh, shirt is a Galactus that they did, and then I got um, a Iron Man for 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 paperweight and and literally it, it just beautiful and they both did the work they 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 you know one drew one colored and the story of how they do it together and and everything was amazing and you'll miss that if you don't look for it because there are people that just want to connect and and want yeah. to talk about the things that they do and you could pay 250 dollars for a celebrity autograph to get a picture that they mass produce or you can go to artist alley and maybe pay 10 bucks for an entire page of a comic book that they yeah. did as a proof for the or, for the publisher, or original art, or original and art. sign it. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do. So so okay. So we've talked about the history of cons. We've talked about you know there's celebrity versus artist alley versus you know meeting uh, you know fans that are there. Let's delve into to you know one of your favorites and something that is is hugely popular and has grown over the years and and is really now almost like a profession we got to talk about cosplay, right? Um, oh, it yeah. is when you go to, and, and we're not going to editorialize this because there's great cosplay everywhere, but you know, summer, I mean, I think D 23 and you have San Diego and I'm trying to think of the top ones where, I mean, D 23, Eric always, my wife always talks about it. Like D 23 was like professional cosplays everywhere. Like, the, hey, like dragon con this weekend. Yeah, and so you're gonna get a lot of amazing cosplay, and it, it's all fantastic. There's there's homemade, there's professional, there's there's people that are. I mean, it's just it's it's insane how how good. No matter what level you're on, I think we can all agree about that. And then there's the kids that are adorable, and I, I always love those moments. But I mean, let's start looking at some photos here. I mean, it is yeah. I mean, is that a baby in there? It's what, a parent what, with what a baby strapped to their from? chest, and they are the the front loader. Oh man, I mean that is incredible. Like this is the the creativity of people. This picture is over ten years old, by the way. Oh, that kid's probably it's a real baby, right? We're not. Yeah, like, it's a real baby. Yeah, so that baby's probably a teenager. It could be a teenager now, for all we know. Yeah. Or borderline yeah. eleven, twelve. I don't know. Um. So so what's really cool is there's 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 normal there's the normal cosplay, the cosplay that you want, you know, that you dress up like your favorite character. There's there's also cosplays of where you're your non-human characters, but you are more dressed normally as a human. There's crossplay where it's you're going against your gen, your, you know, your gender. And so 
if you know you see a guy in a Cinderella dress. Um, and then there's ones where they 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 gender bend the 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 characters. So like this is my favorite one. This this has been this was one of the cosplays that I thought was the funnest that I've I've ever seen. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick on here because it, it it deserves to get its moment. I don't even know where this guy is in the world. Um, yeah, it's right here. Um, the the male Wonder Woman. Oh, that's cool. I was trying to figure out what that was. This this guy owned this outfit 100. percent It was it was it that's was so great. original. Big old that's cowboy great. belt. He's got the hat with the he's got the hat with the tiara built into it. Um, you know, it, it was it was a fun cosplay, and and you find people that do things like that, and then you also have people that are much more, you know. Oh, I just lost it. Uh, much more, you know, yeah. <laughs> deep and and specific. And and what's really cool is depending on what convention you go to, if you go do the cosplay contest, there's the ones where you just walk up and you do your picture and you know you pose. There's also conventions like I, I believe DragonCon does this. Big Lake has done this as well. One of the things that they do is you have to bring a book, a binder showing the process that you that you did the work originally for certain levels of cosplay and talk about the, you know, every step of the way of what you did and what materials you use. And not only will the judges, you know, give you a score, you know, show you if you want or not, they'll give you critiques on how to do it better. Oh, that's cool. It's, that's it's, cool. it's, it's amazing to see that they, 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 that they don't only just judge you and give you like a trophy or, you know, a prize, but they'll give you tips because there's a lot of professional cosplay out there that really make this a living. And it's, it's amazing to see what people are able to accomplish. And I love that one. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I love the creativity, right? Like I think again, this is something where much like it's, it's an art form. Right. And so mm -hmm. um, like there's no wrong or right way to do it. Right. Like it's, it's all about fun. Exactly. It's all about fun and expression. And I think it's one of, I don't think it's new, but it's new in its popularity, right? Of how popular it is, how big it is the past, like, I want to say a couple of decades. Like, it's not new, new, but like, I mean, I want to say 2000s, you know, it's been around for almost 100 years. But as far as how popular it's gotten and the creativity that you see from people, you know, that you, there's this in front of you. I saw um, at C2E2, uh, Mickey, I think, had a photo with him. He was great. It was... um like a Shakespearean Spider-Man. Um, and there's a, oh, cover, yeah. there's a cover with Venom with the skull and he's doing, but it's the Spider-Man take on it where he's got the skull and he's got the ruffled, you know, um, Shakespeare. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, and so you see stuff like that I saw. And then there's stuff that like, it's funny. I posted this and it, it did really well. Cause I think it's it, to this day, me and Yassine saw it uh, in, at San Diego. It was a guy as Han and Carbonate um, from the Empire Strikes Back. And it was just a blow up. It was very simple. Like his face was in a blow up like thing. And on the back, he had a backpack on the back with it. Like, and everyone's, you know, people are like, that's really cool. Or people were like, Oh, that's, that that's not a lot of effort. And I'm like, no, it's an art form. Like it's just having fun with it. Like I've done it where I've just, you yeah. just throw something on. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it's an expression and, and you're just having fun and, and whatever you do, enjoy it, have fun with it and just roll with it. And I, I think, there's different levels, obviously, like you said, the competitions, but it's it's a beautiful thing. And it really is why I said it's one of the newer things is it makes me feel like a throwback. Like it hasn't become, you know, when when there is and I'm sure it's getting there because cosplay is a, is a billion dollar industry at this point. 
But when there's going to be movies and people are casting, you know, like and, and people have gotten huge off of cosplay. Like we've all mm -hmm. seen that. Have you seen that Zoe Saldana interview where she freaks out when she meets that co famous cosplayer and she's like, oh, my God, I love you. And she's a yes, yes, absolutely. So it, it, it has gotten bit like, look, it's, it's clearly gotten really, really big. But I think that it's not fully commercialized yet to the point where people can't go. The last story I will tell is you've told the story a lot of times, and I think it's a beautiful story. And this can dovetail into something we'll talk about in a few minutes um, as we start to wrap up, which is I think we're making amazing time at 50 minutes. I'm, I'm proud of us. Yeah. But I, the story when we took John Caglione Jr., who is the makeup artist, oh. Oscar winner, he's done, you know, The Dark Knight, Dick Tracy, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Uh, Departed. Uh, obviously, the Joker is like his his big thing at a convention that that he's he had never seen before but he got to see and the one guy and there's a couple of them but remember the one guy who was a huge you could tell he was such a diehard fan of that role like many millions are you know heath ledger it's iconic um he had the vest that heath had worn yeah and you you, you tell a story a lot so sorry if i was taking your thunder but uh no it, no it's a beautiful story that came to mind and he it, when he found out who he was talking to it was like he was meeting one of his heroes and like i said earlier that is the point of all of this this is a a fan you know fan expo uh comic convention you convene and meet with your fans like like meet with other people like that's what it is it shouldn't be so corporate and so you know whatever it should be a fun time to be together with people and whatever and so the conversation that they ended up having was beautiful. And, that, you know, that's all I got to say. But it was just a beautiful to watch John talk to this fan and yeah. the, 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 the look on his eye. I mean, yeah, it's, it's emotional just thinking about it. So it, that's that's in a nutshell what these things should be about. It's, it's a beautiful experience. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that's the thing. Like, it's it's all about you know, resonate. And I think that was the great part about John going last year to New York comic con is every time he walked up, like this was a man who has been on some of the stuff that just has shaped our fandoms and no pun intended. And, and mm -hmm. is absolutely, you know, I feel underappreciated and he's going to these places. And when, and people were not, not even sure what was going on when we walked up to them, but when we walked up and said, this is John Caglione jr he helped make that. And you pointed like the Joker and just, I remember one, the one, the one guy that had his exhibit, like he gave John, like one yeah, of his pieces. John was, that was amazed by how much people were willing to just give him things. But, but that, that was the whole point of it was like, it was, it was special because it was, you could tell the appreciation that these guys had mm -hmm. for John's work. And that made it that made it special. And well, that was I. I, I sorry, I, I don't interrupt. I'm, I was almost. Oh no, you're fine. I almost had a perfect record tonight. I just blew it. I, I, I someone got a hit off me. I was. I, I don't think I interrupted that much until now. But sorry, go ahead. No, but but it was it was one of those moments where you realize there are a lot of these guys. And you think celebrities get paid lots of money to come to these conventions, but there are people that would love to meet John. And what he does, and they idolize the work that he does, especially even the cosplayers that they don't get access, which is something we will talk about in a minute. And it means just as much to him 
yeah. as it does to them. And again, that's what reinforces again, what this whole thing is about and what it should be about. And again, you're never going to take financial incentives completely out of these things, but mm -hmm. Man, I mean, just seeing Josh Segura, who I'm a fan of, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I think he's 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 funny and he's a great actor in anything he's in. Um, and again, I, I will never forget seeing him walk the floor and getting an autograph from, you know, Tom King, you know, famous comic book writer and artist like and just kind of like enjoying it with everyone and not looking to be like, you know, whatever. And it it. it even Sean Gunn, I think, was just kind of hanging out with people. And you had um, the original Flash, uh, who was also in the new show, played the dad. Um, uh, and I remember my wife was like, he looks like a movie star. Very handsome. Uh, what's his name? Um, three names. Uh, Jesse, is it Jesse? Um, Got to look him up. But he was just delightful. And you could tell. And he was asking my wife about... Um, see the flash about the baby and and stuff like that and like i think like that's what it should be about and it means as much to them and that used mm -hmm. to be the thing i mean we remember uh, not jesse l martin sorry i'm i'm you know me i'm not gonna sleep until i figure this out um so annoying uh super nice guy john wesley ship there we go the the, the original flash um from like when I say original, I mean like from like the eighties and nineties. No, I, I, yeah. And I think it's, it's, it has been a little bit taken over by corporations and I yeah. think there, and now, you know, we're on a delay. Mickey tried to save me, but there's no saving me. Um, all right, <laughs> let's move on. So, so what is, what is, uh, the next topic? Should we reveal the big news that we, yeah, I feel like, I feel like we have so much more that we could talk about, but we might as well, I, I've always heard it's better to leave them wanting more than to give them way too Absolutely, much. Absolutely, we're friend. good at giving too much. Absolutely, we're we're, we're oversharers here. So, but there is one thing: the creme de la creme. I know you saw it that I lo was loading it while we were talking because mm -hmm. I realized how fortuitous is, is it that we are talking about conventions when we had some great news happen this week that we can talk about. And just like we were talking about how we were able to take John Caglione to New York Comic Con last year. And we were able to give him, you know, idea. And and one of the things he left was he, he from us talking with him, with our interview with him, and the dealings that we've had with him, just on a personal level, and 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 just Michael, you making a way for him to get to, to Comic Con last year. Um, the dude, the dude loves Nerd Initiative, and and we we love him, and so we want to be able to announce to you guys since you know next month we're almost we're we're almost just a month away. Um, from New York Comic Con, six weeks, six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we um we are proud to announce that with the assistance of Mayron Makeup, uh, we are going to be hosting a panel, mastering the world of makeup design with John Caglione on Saturday, October fourteenth at six p.m. at the Javits Center. The room number is up there, and uh, he's gonna be working with with Nelly the Genie or Cornell, and helping him design his own version of the Joker. And on top of that, well, he'll be helping him put the finishing touches on. We're not going to make the whole hour be him just doing makeup because John cannot do makeup and talk at the same time. And so we're going to do the finishing touches. We're going to show off the Joker um, outfit. And then we are going to sit down and talk with him about his experiences um, behind the chair, getting these actors into these amazing roles that he's done. Mm -hmm. so, I can't wait. I'm oh, super wait. excited. Um, Mayron has been fantastic. Um, they reached out 
Uh, well, we we reached out to them. And normally when you reach out to somebody to ask something, you need to think they have to run through a lot of processes. Within hours, the answer was yes from them. They yeah. were just like, yeah. mind you, John Caglione Jr. is the name mentioned. Um, and they were super excited. We had brought him by their table last year. And then on top of that, they're like, let us know what he needs. We'll supply it. Um, and then we said, you know, we really want to make this a, a moment where aspiring makeup artists or aspiring, aspiring cosplayers, um, because it was, it was John's aspirations of being a makeup artist and being, being encouraged. And I'm gonna let you say the name, Michael, because I, I, I butchered it when we were talking privately, um, who he looked up to. Oh, Dick Smith. Yes. Dick Smith. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I called him David once and I'm, I didn't <laughs> want to, I don't want to do that on purpose. Um, but he was a big fan of Dick Smith and Dick Smith called him on the phone yeah, and gave man. him encouragement and look at where he is now. That's what I'm saying. And so Mayron is going to provide us um, some, some stuff to give away as well as um, they're, they're working on once we have everything that John's going to use to make this Joker makeup, they're going to actually have a special makeup set that they're going to be selling that day mm. um, for people who attend the panel. And so if you want to read, try to recreate what John did, Excuse me. that's going to be there. So, and we'll have, we'll have, you know, everything that comes with it. We'll have to talk about his Tons. career. Yeah. yeah. We'll have giveaways. We'll talk about his career. We might even have some sneakers involved as well. That, you know, something very, very show off. And, you know, I, I'm excited about it. And, and, and I'm stealing this from you. You've said it in the past. And honestly, like what a difference a year makes. And, more importantly, also for everyone else out there, it shows you that when you commit to something and work hard and really build and, and grow relationships, like I remember being with John last year and, you know, it was just our, it was not, there was nothing intended last year. We took him on Sunday. We just wanted to show him around. He had never been, and he had never seen the fact that impact he had had with, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker is probably one of the most popular mm -hmm popular um cosplays out there right like it's it's still in the it's still in the lexicon it's still in people's memories it's easy to it's not easy to do sorry take that back but it's 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 approachable right like it's makeup and it's the, you know it's not something where you gotta like be in a huge you know whatever i think i remember talking to him at lunch and this is the last thing i'll one more thing and then i'll shut up that's my my saying um I remember you, I think you'd, you'd gone to run to get some food and we were sitting at the courtyard and he just, and he just was like, when he talked about nerd initiative, he's like, there's something special here. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes at some, at some points we don't even know what it is, right? Like we've, we've gone different ways. We have shows, we have content on our website. Um, we have, hold on, here's, here's, I'm, I'm feeding, um, Tony, his, his favorite thing. We have merch. Um, if you, you know, th there we have our, we have our merch drop for the day. Um, <laughs> it's like that as well. Oh, I forgot to do the giveaway. We have contact us as well, but, um, we can leave that oh, yeah. out, but, um, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, but he had met so many people that were help that wanted to help him out because John, again, let's put let's, let's, let's really quickly explain. He's doing a, you know, these master classes online and he wants to do them in person as well. And, you know, who better to do this with than an Oscar winner, as far as if you're looking to, to up your cosplay or makeup design or art in any form. Mm -hmm. And we were really just, it was just one of those throwbacks that was cool that we wanted to introduce them to people that knew video content or that were makeup artists or that influencers or people that he wanted to talk to and meet. And 
he really took as a special moment and he he really I wish you were there, but he really was like, this is all nerd initiative. Like you guys have something incredibly special here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not something you can immediately put your finger on, but the 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 community and the little world that you're building to help others and 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 connect people. He's yeah. like, it's really special. And so yeah, it, it was a really cool moment. And I feel like that is coming back to me now in waves where it's like he's kind of floored that this is happening. We're kind of floored, you know, this is three panels in a row. We're having a blast doing it. Can't wait to see everybody. But it just goes to show like work hard at something, put in the effort, make relationships. Don't look for it to be anything specifically. It is about building relationships and just having fun and helping out others and and good things will come. And so yeah, that's my long standing last thought no no I'll, yeah and, and my last thought was is this um it's kind of funny i'm glad you even said that because you know when we were first going through it i really thought he wasn't enjoying himself i felt like this was a big mistake he's probably miserable and then you realize <laughs> he was completely overwhelmed and he was just he was enamored he was enamored with what was going on how people were responding to him and then when he like hugged us when we were leaving and like he's just like thank you guys for everything thank you for this like and he's like anything you need let me know like you, you realize that even though he is what I would think of as a Titan in the industry, when it comes to makeup art, um, he's still such a humble guy. And yeah. even when, when he met straw hat goofy, he started, like, I thought straw hat would probably talk to him. Like when I ask questions and stuff, mm. this dude went right into yeah. interviewing straw hat. Like he just pulled it out of him and you can see the video on, on our, our YouTube page, but, um, but he's a great guy. He's been fantastic and we can't wait to do the panel with him. Genuine, earnest, and and really, like you said earlier, he yeah. wants to, I think the Dick Smith moment, you know, him being a huge fan as a teenager and Dick Smith calling him and mentoring him. And again, this is why I, I this is my really final thoughts. This is why it's important to try to help and reach out to people um, if they're open to advice or support or mentorship. Mm-hmm it goes a long way. I think that's stuck with him over the years and the career that he's had has been phenomenal. And I think he now wants to pass that down, you know, as, as he, he, you know, to many people. Um, and, and he has, we, you know, we're in a new era with different platforms and the stuff that he posts, like it's insane. Um, like the, the behind the scenes of making th- like, it's incredible. So it's, yeah, it's just absolutely. a testament of the guy he is. And he's an, he's an amazing man. And I, I just can't wait to keep talking about it until we get to, to NYCC. So I'll, yeah. I'm shutting up now. That's it. Okay. So with that said, I want to just do a couple of, just run a couple things. Uh, first of all, please remember we have our Spidey Venom shoes that are still, um, you can still order them. You can follow them on the link. Um, they're amazing. We'll probably be having them at New York Comic Con. You can actually see us wearing them because why would we not wear them? Um, you can also follow us on our newsletter. Um, the newsletter is uh, where you'll find out what's new with our content, what's going on, our schedule of shows and everything else like that. And wait a um, second, let me plug this real quick. So this is this is not the newsletter, but it's a link to take you to sign up to the newsletter, right? So you'll mm-hmm. go scan the QR code. All you got to do is put in your name and email address. That's it. Now it's a new month, a new day. We got a new giveaway. By the way, there's been the last giveaway and Ken's going to laugh at this because he's on right now. Um, we've gone through two winners and no responses. And it's basically an entire run of secret invasion comics and a, a Gabriel Del Otto um, variant cover. 
an amazing set of comics that's sealed up and ready to go. And I have not heard back. I don't know if people are out on vacation, whatever, but that was, that was August, September. Um, and wow. we'll still, we'll keep running, following up guys. Don't worry. Um, someone's going to win. Um, September we're yeah. Yeah. Ken's like, seriously. Uh, yeah, it, it, it happens sometimes it, it, it you know, uh, Mickey, well, we can send it to you, Mickey, you deserve it. Um, <laughs> but I will say, so new, new day, new month. Uh, we're going to be quick and wrap up. Um, we are upping the game more. Uh, we are, uh, the giveaway this month, if you sign up, is going to be a Tom Welling signed Smallville photo. Uh, it's SWOW authenticated. Uh, again, I mentioned SWOW earlier. One of the ones that I really like. They they really are, they connect with you. They communicate. They have they have really good customer service. Uh, and I, I mean, not going to, I don't want to jinx it, but I have not had a problem with them as far as their, 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 their brand and how they work. So that is something you can win um, through the month of September. Just enter your name and email address. That's all you got to do. That's it. And then you're put into the running. You'll get our newsletter once a month. Um, and then you can send us a message if you want to like connect even further. But that is, that's my plug. Uh, win and then, an amazing signed photo. Yeah. And then also one of the things that we were talking about, because this was something that's happened. If you, um, if you get nerd initiative merch and you wear it somewhere <laughs> special, we actually had someone recently, uh, take a picture uh, at the grand Canyon and they tagged us. Um, it was fantastic. They, we, they let us repost it, um, which so made cool. us think what would be, how fun would it be? to see where we can have nerd initiative anywhere in the world. And so what I would love to say, I'm going to say this right now. Um, we're going to come up with a special prize that by the end of this year, um, we're going to take anybody who can post a nerd initiative merch um, anywhere in the world um, and, and tag us so we can see it. We can, you know, we can post it. Um, and then we're going to pick one of those people to actually win a special prize at the end of the year. And I'll let you know what it is we'll at a later date. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with that said, we are so thankful for you all to join us. Uh, we appreciate the fact that we have not gone over an hour and a half. And so with that said, um, please remember when you enjoy something, take the time to share that fandom with others.